0: And, and if that's your struggle, if you're struggling with any kind of sin, don't try and normalize sin.
1: Go to God with it. I mean, Jesus is not afraid of your sin. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 087 of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Fred Delanois, and this is the podcast for good men who want to live epic lives i show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring some of the best and most impactful content out there on masculinity this week's episode is brought to you by mastermypurpose.com If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march right into action, then make sure that you head over to MasterMyPurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to a purpose-driven year. Now, you can join the army of men who right now are marching in a new direction and purpose. Again, that's MasterMyPurpose.com. If this is your first time joining us, make sure that you subscribe so that you won't miss another life-changing episode and if you want to help us transform the lives of men around the world you can do that right now with this little simple act you ready to hear this just head over to iTunes leave us an honest review that right there takes a minute and you can transform the lives of men around the world now my guest this week is transforming the lives of men around the world. This week's guest on the Becoming Med podcast is Tom Crandall. Tom is a pastor, author, and overseer of evangelism, and a director of Young Saints at Bethel Church in Redding, California. He and his wife, Leslie, have served together in full-time ministry for over 18 years. Tom has given his entire life to see a generation encounter God, step into freedom, and discover their identity and then send them out as revivalists to impact the world. And guys, he is doing this at massive levels, and you'll see exactly why because this conversation is jam packed with like. Tom's core message. And there's so much here. There's so much life giving and just freedom message. And it's it's just because he's carrying the gospel well, right? So today we talk about like the cleansing of the Holy Spirit over our lives and what that looks like and breaking off soul ties. We then talk about the true grace of, of the gospel as a free gift. We talk about the power of words and confessions about manhood and Christlikeness. We talk about renewing your mind and man, it, it's just an awesome conversation that you don't want to miss. So gentlemen, enjoy this week's show with Tom Crandall. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Becoming Med podcast.
0: Yeah, my, my pleasure. Honored to be here, man.
1: Brother, a long time in the making, also that I can have you in the seat and just ask you this one question. That's really all I want. And then I'm going to let you go. Okay. If you can, If you can go back a decade and talk to yourself for one minute, and then you'll disappear, what would you say to that guy?
0: Oh, yeah. That's pretty easy. I'd probably say don't worry about your life. It's going to happen. And it's going to be awesome.
1: Wow. That's it. And then you would just breath
0: and then poof gone.
1: (laughs) 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 I would, I would, I would
0: probably say, uh, don't stress, man. Enjoy growing in Christ. Enjoy loving your family. You know, I'm a driver. I'm a visionary. (laughs) I love to build. I love to, um, create, you know, all that. And, you know, I think every strength has a weakness and, you know, um, I've always gone after growth, but I think I would have maybe just slowed down to enjoy it a little bit more and not try and grind as much. I believe in working hard. It's not what I'm saying, but, um, but just the, the, sometimes the stress of, you know, I think, I think every young person battles it, which 10 years ago, I wasn't young, but that's a different point. What I'm trying to say is Many times we worry that is my, are my dreams going to happen. Is it going to happen? And, and, um, and that wasn't always what I struggled with, but it would just yeah. been, that's probably what I would tell myself. I'll
1: tell you what, man, that makes me feel really uncomfortable because I've heard that enough times for me to feel like, man, you should probably start to listen to your guests yeah. <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, I'm just heart dude. I give myself 105 excuses for why I'm able to just go at yeah. mock speed. Uh-huh. And what I don't want to do is go so fast that I just see a blur of my kids, right? I got three small ones yeah. and I see like a blur yeah. of these wonderful years of marriage, right? Because I'm just like trying to go, go, go. And like you said, every power has its own, you know, mm-hmm. its own little weakness. And yeah. yeah, man, telling myself to stop, I should probably listen to that, you know, to stop yeah. and slow down at least. What What was going on in your life during that time where you feel like that was that was foundational Dude. advice?
0: You know, 10 years ago, I mean, I was a youth pastor here at Bethel and, um, but I learned something that became a governor on that thing in me. I learned the power of setting priorities and boundaries. And, um, you know, when you set your priority, then you know how to set your boundaries. If you don't know what your priorities are, your boundaries have no compass. And so my priorities, you know, stay connected to my wife and each of my kids through every season no matter the cost. Yeah. So no matter what's going on, that's not going away. So when I felt the need to drive and you know, make my life happen and it was going to bump against that boundary, I, I I would, you know, course correct and if I didn't, my wife would help me course correct. And so yeah. you know, when you have those that priority set and then the boundaries are on your life, the internal things that we all wrestle with at times, they don't take you off course. Yeah. So that I mean, was a, a help for me.
1: I love bringing things back just to give a little bit of visuals and, you know, just to let the guys know how it works in the military, right? Like when we think we go and deploy, right. We just see, we hear about an entire battle space. Everybody thinks, you know, Afghanistan was an entire battle space, but what really ended up happening is that that battle space was split up into sub battle spaces. And so you would have battle space commanders. And the way that you were able to be very effective at your job is by setting your priorities and staying within your boundaries. Wow. Literally, that is the job of a battle space commander. If you were going to cross another battle space commander's boundaries, you needed to get permission. And a lot of times you, you hear firepower, you hear artillery in the other commander's boundaries, but it's a good idea for you to do your job well, set your priorities in your space and let them take care of it until they call for backup. You know what I mean? That's
0: a word, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You're just,
1: you are a just a military strategist.
0: Good job. You know, <laughs> in my family blood. What can I say? No, just kidding. it's, it's hey, more like I got to do this or else I'm not going to make it. <laughs>
1: so, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, why don't you bring us back a little bit? Maybe let's go back to your upbringing. Tell me a little bit about yeah. growing up,
0: Tom. Yeah. I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. And All right. uh, I'll just, I'll just get out of the way. I know I was never Mormon. And, okay. Uh, Thanks. I only have one wife. (laughs) (laughs) When you go to Utah, people are like, what? Of course, you know, but people outside of Utah many times are like, they got all these questions. Never Mormon grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My dad's a railroader. He drove trains for union Pacific railroad. And um, my parents got, they got born again when I was just a baby and they got, they met Christ. So I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I had a real love for God as a kid. I remember, um, drawing crosses and pictures of people with tears streaming down their face. One picture in particular, and the bottom, it said, repent for your sins. You know I mean? Like I had a love for God as a kid. And then I stepped into my seventh grade years, long story short, started making the wrong friends, you know? And, uh, I had that love for God, but the friendships took me astray and I wasn't the greatest friend either, but you know, there's a a saying that I I live and die by and I, you know, I've I've been a youth pastor for 19, 20 years or so. I'm stepping, I have a team to do that now, but show me your friends and I will show you your future. There's a power called soul ties, whoever you're connected to. I have a soul tie with my wife. You know i have a soul tie with some different brothers that i walk with you know that's healthy and if you create soul ties with the wrong people man you can try and not be affected by them all day long but they're going to take you elsewhere and so my oh, yeah. my high school years junior high years I, I walked away from god and i was a wrestler and played football and, and athletics and stuff and then um 17 18 years old man the lord would be really begin to draw me back to himself the whole time he was he was drawing me but but i began to listen and um you know a, a guy witnessed to me at my job one day and i mean it was a wild encounter less than one percent of the population in salt lake is actually born again wow. Wow. to give you context i mean like from from growing up in uh it, you know from kindergarten through my senior year in high school uh i only knew of four people that claimed to be born again you know and so I didn't know it, but I was raised on the mission field. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, 17 years old, God begins to draw me back to himself, you know? And, um, I went to this church on a uh, Sunday night when I was really, I, I began to make choices like to step away from those friends. And, uh, I went from having a ton of friends to like no friends all of a sudden. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. And I remember mm-hmm. I was like, you know, uh, I went to this church on a Sunday night. Some guy preached, couldn't tell you what he even said. And I, I just looked at my dad and said, I'm going to go down there. And the guy, the guy had said, if you want more of God, come down here. And so I just simply responded, walked up front, sat down. And I prayed a real deep theological prayer. It's going to impress all of you guys. I just prayed, Lord, I'm here. And, and wow. I wasn't ready for what happened next, man. I'm sitting there and God spoke to me. I felt his presence come around me. You know, this was before... Wow. Uh, I'd never heard a revival. I'd never heard of the word like encounter with God, like none of that language. I'm just sitting there and I felt like the atmosphere around me get thick, like change. And I felt liquid love go through me. And the Lord said just a few words to me. He said, I'm cleansing you. And I knew what that meant. I mean, from my past, I'd just come out of, and I began to weep and cry. I, mean, I had snot hanging from my face to the floor. Um, I was just having an encounter with the love of God. Like he knew me and he was accepting me and washing me clean. I got up a a different guy. I had joy. I had this sense that my past was gone Mm. and uh, yeah, I've never been the same since. you know, not perfect by any means, but I mean, then I went went off to a school of ministry in Florida, met my wife, been married 22 years, got two wonderful kids, 17 and 13. And um, yeah, here I am at Bethel. A lot, lot in the journey there. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, that's beautiful. I, I think there's so many guys who look at that, right? They'll, they'll hear a story like that. And I think they'll, they'll hear a story from a pastor and think, well, of course, you know, he's a pastor, like he's holy right? Like you have some extra measure of holiness that has been placed on you. For some reason you are just different and exempt. Uh, You don't know my struggle, right? I actually have these constant battles with pornography and it's nothing like what you've had, or I have these constant battles with lust or, you know, with the shame, but it's nothing like what you've had, but it sounds Uh like, no brother, I just got encountered with the love of God. And that was enough.
0: Totally. I mean, I, I remember the first time I found pornography, I was, uh, in sixth grade, I was out in a field with my friends and all of a sudden I looked down and there was a bunch of magazines and I was like, hello, you know, and it <laughs> hooked me, man, right away. Yeah. I suck in my pocket, took it home. Nobody ever knew, hit it in a book oh. in my room and, um, it became a stronghold in my life. And I didn't tell anybody right. about it, you know, and it, it, it was a bondage in my life and it affected me, you know, I mean, um, we were talking about wrestling earlier. I was a wrestler in high school. And then like, you know, it led to like relationships with girls. And it, it, it took my focus off of being able to really focus as a wrestler. Mm. And, um, but when I got born again, when I met Christ, I knew I had to go home and throw away that pornography. I knew I couldn't keep it. God had touched me with his love. And I didn't, it's just, it became repulsive. Like, you know, obviously I want to get married one day and have sex and that's going to be awesome. You know, I mean, that's the reality. Sex is not bad. God made sex. Somebody lift up a shot of praise. Right. But like for this moment, I'm like, I'm like going, this is not my destiny. So I went home and I remember I I threw that away and, uh, and closed that door in my life. And, you know, if you're listening right now, I mean, God can set you free. It's not, you know, you can turn to him just as you are. and, And, and his love and mercy is there. He will set you free too.
1: Just as you are. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think the temptation is to think that okay, once I get one, two, and three in a row, once I pray more, uh read the Bible more and fast, yeah. then yeah. I will be accepted. You know? Oh my gosh.
0: Then yeah, I'll finally
1: experience freedom.
0: Uh it's and it's awful because that's not the gospel at all. That's just not the not the gospel at all. If you read the gospels, man, it's like Nobody can save themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't set myself free. I couldn't save myself. I couldn't stop looking at pornography. I couldn't stop lying. None of that. I, I, I you know, and, and if that's your struggle, if you're struggling with any kind of sin, don't try and normalize sin, go to God with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is not afraid of your sin. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll take you right here. Right. Anyways. I, I came to him and it's just like, if you sit there and just say, God, I'm going to sit here with this problem I have. What do you say about it? And just don't leave until you receive Romans 5, 17, the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace to reign in Christ. He will set you free, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I I love that. Fills me up. And I always got to go back and say, when I hear that verse, man, this podcast actually started off being called Reign in Life. Because I was under the, I am just, I knew if every man could just understand that he was made to reign in life, That's through right. the righteousness, the free gift of righteousness, yes. like everything would be just fine. We would be good if you just understood that one thing. And I'm like, man, if I could just, how do I communicate that? How do I get that in front of men? And man, when I did a deep dive onto some of the words that we use there, you know, the word yeah. receive, the word receive in there is not like a, a receive, like, Hey, here's um, this thing for you. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a, a present that you just received from somebody like, Hey, thanks. Imagine Christmas as a, as a two-year-old, right? Like you yeah. see this thing and you want to rip it open. You want to, you want to put exactly take it. Like, don't put take it under it. the tree. Give it right to me right? You want to take it and rip that thing apart. That's the type of receiving that we can do. Exactly. And like you said, man, bringing in life. Hey, b- before we get uh, too far ahead from the story, man, I kind of want to, want to go back a bit. Uh, yeah. You give a little bit of uh, explanation to what you meant by soul ties, but I think yeah. a lot of the listeners might not actually be you know, aware of what that means. Can you just run through that a little bit more?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I talk about it in my book your life speaks um but i mean as i've I've been ministering to teenagers for two decades and i've seen a lot of people come and go and i every time i see somebody fall away from the lord i can almost always point it back to they started connecting with the wrong person you know Mm -hmm. there's two guys in the old testament who had a soul tie jonathan and david the bible says that david's that jonathan loved david and their hearts were knit together and it was like, man, wherever you go, I go, bro. Imagine imagine that best friend hmm. where you're just like, you're connected. You know what I mean? You're just like... Yep when you're having a bad day, you call them when you're having a good day, you call them, uh, that's a soul tie. And, yeah. and when you, we are God gave us that ability to connect with each other and receive strength and grace from each other. And it's powerful. And so you have a choice over who you connect with. And when, and a told, and it, you know, a soul tie, uh, was created at the most intimate level to happen in a context of marriage where there's, you know, you have sex and, you know, people often talk about like, what's wrong with having sex outside of marriage? And I'm like, (laughs) here's the deal. When you have sex with somebody outside of marriage, or even look at pornography and masturbate outside of marriage, I mean, you know, or yeah, look at porn and masturbate. Yeah. All that stuff. You are actually giving yourself to a spirit. That's not holy and outside of marriage which is why you have mood swings and can't always control yourself and you feel out of control sometimes or you know on the back of lust you have anger you get mad Mm -hmm. at something and so that's the you know consequences for for that stuff and so soul ties you know you know, the safest place to have sex is in the context of, of marriage, because man, there's a covenant that you've made where you're protected. And yeah. so your intimacy level should match your commitment level. That's and so good. when it comes to soul ties, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, I don't even understand it. One night flings, or they, you know, some people that are, you know, that are living a codependent life, they'll, they'll meet somebody at a party. And all of a sudden they'll just, they realize they connect over a few things. And before you know it, they're telling each other their deepest, darkest secrets in one or two nights. Oh, because they just get me and I'm just going, uh, you really don't even know each other yet. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you should enter in a deep relationship with people slowly and trust is the currency of a soul tie. When somebody gives their word and they prove their word through character through time, then you you trust that you wouldn't get married after meeting somebody in two days, you know, unless you were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Some (laughs) people have. (laughs) I know. Just say it. But like you know, you want to take time. You want to see what kind of person they are before you commit yourself. Why would you have sex with somebody or why would you give yourself your soul to somebody so fast before really? knowing if they're trustworthy, how are they going to take care of your heart? So a soul tie is a God-given ability to make a connection with somebody else. And its deepest level is in covenant or in sex. Yeah. And oftentimes the reason people get all over the place is because if you have sex before getting married, you're now in the spirit, like kind of like married with that person where they go, you go. And that's why it's really hard to separate and, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Man, and I think that's one of my biggest wounds um from my past, being mm-hmm. able to look back and I remember going through some deep cleansing in my life. Uh mm-hmm. and it was the lord just like ripping out ripping out and reconstructing me um or not reconstructing. Let me say it was just a complete demolition and renovation, right? Yeah, <laughs> like the yeah, best yeah. way to do a renovation inside of a house is gut it, take it all out and start over. Yeah. Um and that's what I felt like was going on. And in that process, there was a lot of breaking off of soul ties. Yeah. And it was like, you know, just really calling out these names of people. It's like, I break that off, you know, in Jesus yep. name and really getting real and getting and getting uh, facing this thing face to face and saying, yeah, I did this thing. Uh, you know, that, this is how that affected me. But I break that off in Jesus name. And there, and there is power just in you doing that.
0: That's right. That's right. Romans 10 says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. For it is with mm-hmm. the heart man believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So your heart believes, you, you experience the truth and then you believe and then you the confession mm-hmm. reinforces it. And that's why yeah. if you're coming out, maybe you're you're needing healing right now or something like that, you just you just know it, Ray. Speaking to it, you know, uh, right before that it says, "Don't say, uh, I'll go up and pull Christ down, or I'll go down there and pull him up, but the word is near you, The word you preach, the word is in your mouth. and that and so if you want to get free, it's it's about breaking allegiance. It's about breaking previous covenants you've made and through repentance and faith. And so wow that's so if you're battling that, I mean, like, if you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter. I mean, like it's a fact that Jesus died on the cross rose from the grave. You come to him just as you are. His blood is still fresh to wash you Mm. and you can take your emotions in your soul and put it under the living fountain and and be renewed. And then you make those confessions in alignment and you just stay. I just heard you're going to love this. I just heard Wendy Backlund say last Sunday night, she said, Romans 5, 17 reigning in, you know, through reigning in Christ. If you've not, if you find an area in your life that you're not reigning in Christ yet, then you just need to stay and receive more grace and, yes. and, and the gift of righteousness until yes. you're changed. <laughs> just re, you Love just need that. to receive more. You don't need to go work yes. more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now. I'm going to quit this. Blah blah. No, you just need to go receive more. Yeah. Until it feels like it's your reality.
1: Wow. Oof. I oh, I guess as a man, I have to look at that and be like, let me try to rewind, right? Like 10 years and think, yeah. well, I just got to receive. That doesn't feel right. I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. what to do. What do I need to do? Like, what do you mean by receive? By receive, do you mean like I <laughs> I take this Bible and I go do more things outside of it, right? Can I go lay hands on more people? Can I go do more like spiritual things? But you're just, man, you're saying the free gift of righteousness is just receiving, 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 receive it. And a yeah. lot of people get frustrated at that because number one, it sounds too easy. It's not a one, two, three-step process. And number two, Doesn't feel right because you feel like what you did to get into the mess that you're in, you have to Mm -hmm. match that with undoing. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work like that because the gospel uh, the gospel is a free gift. Mm. And, and and though we got ourselves into a mess, his grace is what pulls us out. And if we think we can save ourselves by doing stuff, then, then, then it becomes self-righteousness. And this is why I love mm. the gospel. We're talking about being a man, talking about manhood. I mean, most yeah. people don't understand the gospel and what's been purchased for us and how it actually transforms our identity. But Jesus looked at John uh, at Nicodemus and he said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, which is the realm of heaven, the sphere of heaven where his spirit rules and reigns, and the king is the king of the kingdom, you must be born again, which in other words is like family, born again, born from above. And then he told Nicodemus, he said, I tell you the truth, you know, um, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that all who come to him believe will be, will be saved something like that. So if you go back, what's he talking about? Numbers chapter 21 is what he's referring to. And I'll be, I'll be really fascinated for the sake of time. Moses and the children of Israel are in the wilderness. They grumble and complain They sin against God. It's the old covenant Thank God we're not there, but in the old covenant, right? Fiery vipers get released into the camp and they go around and begin to bite people because they were sin in the camp. The glory was there. And so there was immediate judgment because God's glory was there. We're not in that day anymore. We're in the new covenant now. Praise God. But like, so they cried out to God, they cried out to Moses and God and said, help us. Moses cries out to God. God tells him, craft a bronze snake, put it on a pole, lift it up, and all who look to it will be healed. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. He lifted up and you know, people begin to, if they got bit by the snake, they look up and, and they begin to they be healed. healed. It's, it's a bizarre story it's a prophetic story. Cause then Jesus is the only old Testament passage that Christ refers to in this historic conversation to Nicodemus about being born again. What's the point wow. when Jesus, is exalted. You are looking at the curse of your past put on his body on the tree. The curse of your pornography is put on Christ. The curse of your shame, the curse of the decisions you made, the curse of it all is put on Christ. His head was pierced so your thoughts could be His hands were pierced so your hands could be free. His side was pierced so blood and water could flow and wash us clean. And man, we got to stop trying to save ourselves and come to Christ as we are and realize I can't save myself. It is the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace that I, I, I fall under and I fall on. And that's how I get renewed from the inside out. Anything else is self-righteousness. We try to be self-made men. I got this. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, guys, that you're never going to do anything or you're never going to own. I'm not talking about being irresponsible with your life or, or not doing something. Paul, the apostle said, I thank my God that I, I did more than all the other apostles by God's grace what he said. I did more than everybody else though. It wasn't me. It was the grace of God living in me. So it's not doing less. It's just not, it's not striving for it, trying to prove anything. Yeah. You know, Ephesians says, you know, and a guy named Watchman Knee, I'm reading his book right now. It's a book called sit, walk, stand. And the first three chapters are all about being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Once you're seated in, in your mind and your heart, you know you're renewed and seated with Christ, then you can walk and then you stand against the wiles of the enemy. But to, to be seated in Christ means it's it's a finished work. Christ is sitting. Why? Why is he sitting? Because the work has been finished. It's the finished work of the cross. It's the revelation of the cross. This has to be more than mental ascent. It's gotta be more than just, oh yeah, I heard a podcast. Guys, if you're hearing this and you don't feel like this is your reality, you need to go sit with the Lord Go go to, go to get alone for three days and say, God, this doesn't feel like my reality. I feel I still feel dirty. Da, da da da. I'm gonna sit here until it feels like my reality, and go on a fast. Put aside social media. Don't you're not fasting in order to be righteous. You're 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 fasting. You're putting aside distraction so that you can you can understand what's already been given to you Ooh. on the finished work of the cross.
1: Man, I'm picturing that sitting time, right? That, that what you're talking yeah. about right there, getting yeah. before the Lord as just making this transition, right? Between these 18 inches that exist between our heads mm-hmm. and our heart, right? Like, yeah. get all this information, right? And get it deep seated inside of you so that now everything that you do springs forth from that deep driven purpose that you have in there. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. deep the truth. That's
0: right. It's good. You know, a chair is like, it's an analogy for being seated in Christ. The chair I'm sitting on a stool right now. It's completely holding me. I'm dependent on the chair mm. and it's holding me. And then once you know, and then Ephesians talks about Christ himself will be your peace. He is your peace. And so I'm, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yeah. I'm a, I have dual citizenship, man. I'm an American and I'm in citizen. I'm a citizen of heaven too. Amen. <laughs>
1: Amen. I love yeah. it. All right, brother. So when we uh, when we were talking offline here, I'd ask you yeah. what you had. Uh, for just a, a group of guys who are just after it, right? What are they mm. after? Well, they're after becoming the men who God created them to be, right? They're in the middle yeah. of the arena. They're they're you know taking down uh, giants, giant mm-hmm. killers is what we have here. Yeah. Um, what what do you have to say for those to those guys? What kind of wisdom nuggets of wisdom do you have for them?
0: Yeah. You know, um, a couple things I, I learned something years ago from a guy named Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. He was the father of the men's movement promise keepers back in the day. Uh, I remember when I was 21, 22 years old, about to get married. And I was like, oh my gosh, what does it mean to be a man? You know? And I found his books and began to read and he, he provided this framework, this construct, if you will, of what it means to be a man. He said, manhood and Christ likeness are synonymous. If you want to be a man, it's to be like Christ. And if you didn't have the example of a good man in your life growing up, it can be confusing because you can even read that. And you're like, okay, I hear those words, but I still don't know what that feels like. I want to be able to touch that and see what that looks like. You know, and I read the book wild at heart years ago by John Eldridge. And he says in there that manhood is imparted shoulder to shoulder. It's almost like I'm leaning up against a tree and a sap just oozes down on you. And so, um, I would say on your journey of of going after it and growing in manhood, it's understanding that, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world today. that is just not manhood, you know, like this bravado stuff, trying to act cooler than everybody else. And, you know, it's, it's like realizing that everybody we're all in the process of renewing our minds. And, you know, the, you know, I had to, I've had to deal with all sorts of stuff in my heart and in my life in the past, you know, competing with other guys, uh, feeling like I'm less than or bigger than, and, you know, and it's just like all these different uh, thoughts, you know, and, as, and Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And yeah. so it's really important to renew your mind. And the way you often do that is, You know like if you're a group of guys that are listening to this right now and you're going after it is to get vulnerable with each other uh have some conversations around guys we want to create some core values to build trust in this covenant friendship that we're walking in where you know and then talk about how can we really grow in trust with each other and i have that with several guys in my life where i could tell them anything and guys that they know everything about me uh and i there's just safety in that And so being vulnerable, um, that's really how you grow in courage. You know, I mean, it's really being, being vulnerable and being able to share just the deepest parts of your heart, your life, your hurts, your past pains, all that. It takes courage to do that. And you need the right guys you can trust to do that with. And as you do that, then you can begin to speak into each other's lives. And in fact, you really can't know love, uh, Yeah, gosh, I I got so many rabbit trails in my mind. You can't know love unless you you have that. Because my wife often teaches, you know, plastic doesn't absorb anything. And you actually are made for love. Guys, I know we don't like this. We're like, whoa, man, I'm tough. I'm cool. No, listen, like, we need love. We're just boys on the inside, man. We need affection. We need affirmation. And you got to go get it the right way. And if you don't, you'll get it the wrong way. Mm Mm-hmm and uh, and getting it the right way you got to be vulnerable with the right people to receive healing uh to receive affirmation um plastic doesn't absorb anything you have to um, plug into the right source you can't really receive love till you get vulnerable about things that are that are bothering you things that are in your life because when you're vulnerable like we've had so many people confess just about everything you could imagine from adultery to porn, to homosexuality, to everything. And, and the reason why being in a community of believers that know the truth about people and understand and believe the gospel is so important is because, uh, like I got guys in my life, you know, if I was to tell them about something I'm battling in my head, they know who I am. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be like, Oh no, Tom's becoming a klepto, whatever I'm (laughs) using as an example. believe all these lies about me. I don't know who you are. That's not that thought. That's not who you are. Yeah. And they call out who I am, my identity in Christ. I'm a saint. I'm no longer a sinner. Sin nature was nailed to the cross, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a saint. I have the nature of Christ living on the
1: inside of me. That's true accountability right there. Yeah. That is somebody who literally looks at you and they are accounting for your abilities. And this is is what we do again, going back to the military, like a commander takes over a set of troops and he wants to go in there and do an accountability uh, of all of that. He just inherited of all that he now is commanding. Why? So that when he shows up to the battle space, he knows what kind of firepower he gets to bring. He knows the Marines that he has under his charge. He knows what he can bring to bear on the, on the forehead of the enemies. Right. And that's only because he's able to account properly for his abilities. And that's what it sounds like uh, you're talking about here. Men who are able to look at you and say, hold on, I know you're having those thoughts, but this is really what I know about you. And actually yeah. in my time of prayer, this is what the Lord has shared with me about you. And man, yeah. I, you know, I'm going back earlier into our conversation. This sounds like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to formulate this as a question. Is there such a thing as a healthy soul tie between men?
0: Oh, absolutely. David and Jonathan had a healthy soul tie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I got if, guys so that's kind of life. what it sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I got guys in my life right now. You know, I got one friend in my life. Uh, we see each other every week, two weeks. We have deep talks like once a month, you know, if we got to process something, we call each other, but like as guys, we, we, we don't, we've had such history together that, um, we don't need like tons of conversations to feel connected. We're just, we're just, there's an agreement there. So no, there's absolutely healthy soul ties. And I think that um, the LGBTQ community, if I could just say it has perverted this because they, mm-hmm. they, they try and, you know, um, justify this, you know, this relationship, a homosexual relationship when in reality, no guys need guys, men need men. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's nothing perverted about it. It's God ordained and it's not sexual. It is, you know, guys need guys because we get each other and mm-hmm. we give each other strength. There's irony sharpening iron there. Um, you know, I, I believe that's something the disciples had. I believe it's, yeah, it's just, it's essential to, to stay strong in the long run.
1: Yeah, man. So I love that. And it, I tell you guys all the time, if you want to get really good, really fast, right? If you want to expedite yeah. your your growth, the three C's for me. At least this is what's worked for me, right? According right. to Ray, uh, capture, community, and coaching. Capture is like get a journal and start writing. I have yes. journals right behind me that I have filled with prayer since twenty twelve. I just so filled. It, it's on. awesome. Oh, starting a journal and closing it, you know, and you just see it like, oh, that's a tear. Yeah, I almost broke that page because I actually was crying right oh. here. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know. That's capture. And then community, like get around a community of men, not that just like go watch football together. Hey guys, I'm not saying you can't watch football and watch UFC together, but that's not um, just all you do, right? Like you put yeah. a bunch of guys into a room and and just watch sports and you just leave right after that. Like no, no connection really happened. And then coaching, coaching, I feel like is that one-on-one mentorship, discipleship with somebody who might be a step ahead of you uh, in yep. a certain area and you might be a step ahead of them in a certain area. Yep. And so, man, yeah, just a little tangent there, but Guys, three C's for success right there, according to Ray. Really good. Excellent. Can I have your endorsement on that? I ex- got it. That great. <laughs> a stamp of approval that, from Tom Cranston. <laughs> I love that. I love, love it. that. All right, man. So I'm looking at, you know, your life, the things that God has been able to do uh, for you. And, and, and you talked a little bit about your book. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, there's guys, again, who have been listening to this and they're like, you know, is it possible? Is this something really important You know, can will I actually end up having healthy friendships, you know, leaving behind these old friendships who are kind of steering me the wrong way and, and l- latching on to uh, good friendships and having men in my life that I can actually uh, receive from and, and, and mm-hmm. do life with, will mm-hmm. I ever really get these thoughts out of here? Um, will I ever be free from lust and temptation? And maybe you have this in your, in your work, right. With, with young men and young women who are growing in in the job that you're doing there at Bethel. What do you tell people when they're like, man, I'm just desperate. I don't even know what to do, where to start, where to go. What do you tell them?
0: Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. We change. He never does. He's always good. He's always drawing us and he's still moving. And then I would tell him testimonies. Of what the Lord is doing. I mean, I'm thinking of a guy right now who, years ago, he came here. He was an atheist. He had esophageal cancer in his throat, and he came to the healing rooms to receive prayer as a last ditch effort because he had, I believe, it was fourth stage. Wow! And uh, a little boy walked up to pray for him, and he was he was all aggravated because he wanted the big man on campus to pray for him. This little nine or ten year old boy walked up to pray for him, and the power of God hit him so strong he fell on his back, and I mean. God was, God was touching him deeply. And, uh, he was like, what is going on? This kid, this nine-year-old kid didn't push him down. The presence of God came over him so strong, he fell on the ground. He got up and within two weeks, that cancer was, it dissolved, (laughs) just (laughs) went away. Uh, we have one lady who came to our healing room. She had fourth stage brain cancer and she came as a last ditch effort. There's nothing else they could do. And she stood in front of a painting that said the word hope on it. And she just sat there and wept and uh, like liquid or something came out of her ears. Bizarre. I don't know. But she went back to the doctor and the, and the brain tumor was gone. Oh, wow. Um, I just told a story wow. yesterday. I was on stage on a Sunday night one time with a friend of mine named Ben Fitzgerald and Ben looks at me and, he, and I was, I was closing worship. And he says to me, he says to me, uh, there's somebody here struggling with meth and porn I was like, hey, that's an intense word, but I'll take risk. Sure. Let's go for it. So I grabbed the mic and I, I stepped up and I said, somebody here is struggling with meth and porn. God wants to set you free. Who is that? Nobody raises their hand, but I just released the word. Within about two minutes, a man was standing up in front of me and he raises his hand and he said, excuse me, you just said meth and porn. That's my struggle. And so me and Ben begin to pray for him and Ben stays with him a little bit longer. I had to lead the service. The guy finds me six months later, I'm down in Sacramento at a conference, he comes up and grabs me. And he says, you saved my life that day. And I was like, what do you mean? I couldn't remember. And then he, he tells me, which I didn't save his life. God did whatever. But he tells me, um, he was a pastor. He would he'd like been in ministry, got hooked on porn, started doing meth, couldn't quit. And, uh, looked at his wife in that worship service and said, I'm done not doing this anymore. He was walking out of the sanctuary, walks out the double doors at Bethel. The second he walked out those double doors, he heard me say, somebody here is struggling with meth and porn and God is going to set you free. He stopped dead in his tracks, turned around and looked at his wife and said, did he just say meth and porn? And she was like, Mm mm-hmm. And he he walked right back inside, raised his hand. God set him free. He went through a drug rehab uh, program in Sacramento and uh, and the Lord was touched. I could go on for days with miracles. The point is God is moving. There is no such thing as an impossible situation. Steve Backlund says there's no such thing as a hopeless situation, just hopeless people. Mm. And if you're hopeless today, Uh, and you're waiting for your circumstances to change your wife to change your kids to change your job to change, your focus is on the wrong thing. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, which means to change the way you think. So instead of hoping that will change, change the way you think about your situation, stop seeing it. What's he saying? Stop looking at your situation from your perspective. I'm here. The kingdom of God is right in front of you. Change the way you see, you think, so you can see the breakthrough that's coming. Mm. God's there. He, he, there is no impossible situation. I don't care if you're watching this right now and you've battled porn for 25 years, it is not too difficult for God. And, and you can create up a, a story in your mind as to why freedom's not yours. But that's why Jesus looked at, you know, the man who'd been parallel, you know, a uh, for 38 years. Jesus said, what do you want? I mean, it's almost like a stupid question, right? He was yeah. paralyzed. Lord, hello, what, do you mean, what, I want. <laughs> what do you want? You know, I want to be free, pick up your Mac and walk. You know, there's a co-laboring that happens there, but it's grace. And so maybe you're listening to this right now and, and you feel like you're battling an impossible situation. Nothing's too difficult for God, you know? Um, I, you know, like I just, we quoted Romans 10 earlier about what comes out of your mouth. If this, if the rhetoric coming out of your mouth, uh, it, it, it is, is sounds like defeat. You need to change what you're thinking and change what you're speaking and right. change what you're meditating on. And if you change your thoughts, God will change your heart. You can't change your heart, but if you change your thoughts, he'll change your heart. And, um, man, the Lord is good. He never changes. I've seen it happen too many times. Amen
1: to that. Tom, where do people go if they want to connect with you? Uh, Where do you want to send them? Uh, I mean, even just your book, man. First of all, I I didn't bring that up here during the podcast, but where can they buy your book?
0: Yeah. Uh, You can go to tomcranle.com. I wrote uh, quite a few blogs on there. Uh, A a lot about a lot of the things we're even talking about right now. Um, You can buy my book at Bethel's Bookstore. Uh, you can get the digital copy on Amazon. I'm working on getting the hard copy up on Amazon as as, as well. And I'm going to be launching a ministry here pretty soon called one hope for America. Uh, it's a vision that God gave me a a long time ago, a bit ago, actually months ago. And I'm going to be doing, um, gathering churches around America equipping their people and identity in christ sending them out to demonstrate the gospel with purity and power to their city and bringing them to an event a three-night event where there's going to be power signs wonders miracles the preaching of the gospel and people are going to get saved across this nation and so that will be coming to you. that's onehopeforamerica.com it's not the website will be done here in just a couple of weeks so